seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit World. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit World. It is episode 105, five representing the fifth month of the year, May, and it's the fourth day of the fifth month of the year. What does this all mean, Aaron? This means that it is Star Wars Day. It's it's Star Wars Day because someone who uh, was super brilliant but really nerdy thought of this May the 4th be with you, if you get it. Do you get it? I get it. I get it now. Okay, so it's May the 4th be with you. So our episode is not themed around the movie Star Wars, necessarily. It's just Star Wars is our theme. It could be about stars. It could be about wars. It could be about something that has nothing to do with Star Wars, but we just try to connect it anyway. Mm -hmm. If you listen to this show, you know exactly what we mean with some of our segues. So Star Wars is the theme. But before we get into uh, Star Wars and I'll be, I mean, this show just we're going to be talking about the strike. If you don't know what that is, we'll let you know. We're going to be talking about Brittany uh, Griner, Messi. We've got um, a crazy open 60. MAGA Monday's on fire. So there's a bunch to to go over uh, today. But let's start with, uh, dude, what 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 have we been up to the last like? Well, you guys probably are well aware. Uh, if you've listened to this show long enough, that I am a world-class golfer. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and Aaron's laughter probably uh, betrays my my sarcasm. Um, no, I'm, an, I'm a horrible golfer, but for the second year in a row, I attended the annual sort of golf weekend with a bunch of my college friends out in Atlantic City, New Jersey. We got there. and You got to call it right. Beautiful Atlantic beautiful City, Beautiful Atlantic City, New Jersey. Uh memorialized by the great Bruce Springsteen, who Aaron and I will be going to see in December. But anyway, we got there. Oh, I got yeah. there Friday to the to the golf um, event, and we played 11 and a half holes total <laughs> the whole weekend. And That's the name of this porn I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the half hole had to be improvised. And <laughs> the reason we played only 11 and a half holes was because it was raining so bad that by the time we teed off on the 12th hole, one guy named Martin, he was a pretty good golfer. He took a swing and his club went further than his ball. And at that Uh. point, we couldn't bend our fingers anymore. Um, On the previous hole, the wind was pushing putts like half a foot to the left. And the, it was so cold, even like my organs were wet with rain um, on the inside of my body. And everybody was just like not having fun anymore. And <laughs> we then retired to our house on the golf course, which when we looked out later that night and the next day, the fairway, we were, I think we were on the 13th hole, uh, I think was where our house was, like on the hole. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. or rather on cool. the fairway. And you could see the hole like right around the corner. Um, it, the fairway was just, it looked like a thousand lakes. Um, so obviously... They all the courses were closed in Atlantic City that day. So yeah, I packed my clubs and flew them across the country for nothing. And but other than that, but did was, you have a good time? I had a great time with the guys. Um, I came up big in gambling. I won a hundred fifty dollars on the first night, including a hundred twenty seven dollar jackpot after you know net minus sixty. Uh, after I put in you know three twenty. What did you bills. play? Slots or I played, tables? I paid slots and I hit a jackpot, um, but it was a very low slot. It was only 127, and then I played uh, blackjack, and I won 100 uh, in jack black, uh, blackjack. I came down, I put a $100 bill, walked away with $200. Um, and so then uh, I lost most of it the next day on a really yeah. sophisticated uh, game. Um, it's pretty much you put coins down on dollar bills, and they spin a wheel. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I kept losing on that, so I pretty much lost all my money there. That what, I did you have day. fun? Like I the, the thing with gambling, I think, with uh, like going to Vegas, whatever, AC, Palm Springs out here, they, they have a lot of gambling, is uh, you got to go in it. This is a self-help self-help uh, segment of our show. You have to go into gambling 
knowing regardless you're doing this to have fun. So whether you yes. lose that 100 or win that 100, you're in it to have fun. It's a fun experience. It's like yeah. you're paying to have fun. And if you happen to win money, all the better. Exactly. It's pretty much like like I go in with like, I went in with the mentality. It's like, all right, this is going to be a $200 night of fun. It's going to cost me 200 yeah. And hey, maybe maybe there's a chance I somehow win some money, but it's not not likely, but it happened. That's great. Well, I'm I'm uh, I'm glad to hear that. Sounds like you had a great trip. Yes. And um, I'm trying to think what I was. I definitely wasn't doing anything as cool as going to Atlantic City. I did get I did get a uh, I got a new car. Whoa! Tell us about yeah. the new car, Aaron. Well, it's been months months in the searching, and I had at a uh, time frame that I had to hit by, and. Um, I'd been looking and looking and looking and and I finally found this um, little like Tesla kind of Lexus uh, like roadstery car that has a hatchback that I loved. It has all wheel drive and um, I have a recommendation for everybody out there when you're going to a car dealer to try to make a deal. Which is? Lie, yeah. lie, yeah. lie, lie, lie. Whenever you want to pay, tell them a number lower than that and tell them another dealership around that's offering that. And they might say scoff at you at first, then you start to walk out, and then they'll get you back. They'll you'll you'll end up getting it. They won't uh they won't let you leave because they at the very least want to get the car off the lot. And that's what happened with me. So it was a very exciting uh thing. I uh I am like, when I get in this car now, I was driving and it was drizzling and I was terrified. One of crashing, not for my own well-being, for the car's well-being. <laughs> and I I just don't want to mess it up. Yeah. I mean, you literally got it less than 24 hours ago. I know. I'm like, I'm nervous driving. So uh, I think I'm, uh, I'm just going to use it to look at. Yeah, and I mean, fortunately, the all-wheel drive in this rain is great. But I think one thing, just tying it back to our theme of May Rowan, 4th. by the way, shout out was a great, great help. As was our producer Tim. Were great helps in the uh, in this search that I was agonizing about, and uh, both were um, very helpful in in helping with this decision. I mean, buying a car is a pretty big expense, so yeah, you should put a lot of thought into it. Um, you absolutely yeah. should. And I think you know, in honor of May Fourth, uh, I just would like to call out that Aaron's new Lexus is white with black trim and a lot of black everywhere. And it looks just like a stormtrooper. It looks like if a stormtrooper pooped, <laughs> but it's got like, you know, like the black venting in the front where the grill is, you know, it's got the black accents and this is like white, like in terms of like a helmet, I think, I mean, you got a lot of, it's got some vibes. cool curves and weird like angles. Yeah. yeah. Um, not so yes. So that, uh, you know, Rohit went and lost money gambling. I got a new car. So both of us, so just remember our socials. I'm the Aaron Wolf at any social media. He's Vohit, the number four Rohit. We are accepting any and all donations. Yes, to uh, to our cause. But you know, Aaron, I do think besides us asking for money, uh, well, we're not. Um, but what we also no car all payments. Want to know. I'm, I want car payments. So if you would like to send me money toward my car payment, it'll be greatly appreciated. Sure. But while we're done panhandling, I think what most of us want to know is if you will get a vanity license plate and what would it be? Yeah, so my grandfather, Rabbi Wolf, had a wolf because it was Alfred Wolf. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to be looking into seeing if that exists still because it did exist until he passed. Oh. So I'm going to actually look. I ha My dad has the old one. like It's framed. Yeah. So I'm going to see if that exists. And if it exists, I'm going to get it. But if not, you can definitely do something with Wolf. You have a great last name to kind of have, um, like, any number of license plates. Like T. And I have Wolf. seven letters. Or I could do instead of just a Wolf, I could add two S's. So it's <laughs> Ass Wolf, <laughs> Sass Wolf, Sass Wolf. Yeah. Uh, but let's let's move on. We have a, we have a big topic. We have yes. a big first topic. It is nuts. And if you don't know about Oh, and all, I'm any other suggestions, please, for my license plate. I'm open to any and all suggestions, so please send them uh, or, or uh, shoot us messages so we know uh, possible um, mm -hmm. uh, 
I can't talk right now. Right. Anyway, on to topic uh, <laughs> one. So Hopeless TV, a lot of times we do this as a segment. We do have one topic later, but right now Hopeless TV is a, a, a countrywide event. Um, if you don't know, the writers in Hollywood went on strike. The WGA, Writers Guild of America, went on strike on Monday. So all shows from your late night shows to anything that has a writer and most shows have writers, even ones you don't think have writers have writers, uh, all on strike production for most things, unless it's indie, indie film, short film, certain things, most things are on strike. So right now, Hollywood is basically shut down. Not very good for my work personally. But this is not about me. This is about the strike in general. Um, the The reason for the strike, the biggest reason is streamers. So about, I think, 10, 12 years ago, there was a, a big strike like this. And it was because of online content and YouTube and things like that. And how actors weren't getting, rep there was no representation for uh, writers on online content. And... Um, I think actors too, it was everything. And so that strike went on for, I think three months. Yeah. And then they uh, they solved it and got everyone compensation correctly. It's always the corporate, the corporations versus the, uh, the writers, the employees, the creatives. That's usually how it works. So in this case, it's streamers. So just to explain a little more, when a writer writes a show, let's say it was an old great show like The Cosby Show. And a, I sh never, not that show. Let's say it was an old great show like I can't think of a show. Full House, Full House, old show, um, or Fuller House. A writer would write that episode, and then they would get residuals when it aired again. And when it aired again, and when it aired again. So you'd always be making money for your work. With a streamer, you write an episode of, let's say, The Last of Us, or Succession, or whatever. You get compensation for that one episode, and that's it. So the millions and millions of streams that it gets, there's no second airing or third airing. That's it. You're right. done. The royalty game sucks on streamers. Sucks on streamers. Yeah. So that's a big topic of contention. That's I think the if I understand all the uh, the fine fine line of fine lines of this strike, that's the biggest thing. And so it's a in general hopeless time for content because they think this strike could go three to six months. They do not have a solution in place. I don't think they're very close. And so everyone's out there picketing and. I um, am on the side of the writers. I'm a writer myself. I is one of my things. And I believe that creatives should always be compensated because the corporations are always making more money. There's one problem here, Rohit. What do you got? Is the streamers and the suits and the parking spot fillers, as I call them, at the studios were very, very short-sighted when COVID started in just starting to dump everything online onto streamers and so more streamers popped up more and more streamers more and more content without realizing that there's a cap for how much a streamer can make there's not more people in the united states to sign up for a streamer there's more tv shows people can rewatch with more ad revenue there's more uh movies people can go see in the theater you can go see like super mario brothers is going to make a, is making maybe it'll make a more well over a billion and a half dollars so you can keep having hit movies but you can't once people are paying 10.99 15.99 for a streamer the only thing you can do is raise the cost of the streamer so or, i mean we i got some counterpoints should we save that for the debate because i think this is quite interesting well this is uh uh no the debate's something s similar but different okay so so there's there's a couple sides here. The streamers are losing money. Most of them are losing money. And uh and they're not and there's no other revenue stream. 
So, Rowan, what do you think? Because I feel hopeless that I, it's it's a lose-lose right now. The companies are losing and the writers are now losing. Well, I think the writers do deserve their fair share because the majority of viewing, especially of television, has gone to streaming. And now they've seen, writers have seen a 25% decrease in their pay over the past couple of years and what they're used to because they because now that their work is being shown in streamers primarily, they're not getting this residual. So now they have, imagine losing a quarter of your salary despite still doing all the work. Secondly, I think that this should be an impetus for the Netflixes and the streamers of the world to stop making so many shows and just focus on making good ones. I can't tell you how little... That's we- bad too. This isn't a debate yet, but that's bad too. Then that just means there's less jobs. That's... So you're just saying cut jobs for so then instead so instead of them making twenty five percent less they're just going to cut twenty five percent of the workforce so then you have twenty five twenty five percent of people who are jobless which I don't think is a good answer either what I think is that the suits and the parking spot fillers were short sighted and didn't think that when this pandemic slows down people can go back to the theaters people we don't need to put everything on streaming there should be still network deals there should be ads there you can't just have everything be 1099 you get it all like disney plus for example for whatever that costs 1299 you get like every marvel movie every disney movie all the pixar ones were coming it just was like idiotic there weren't any downstream there wasn't pay tv there was nothing it was just boom right away you lose all of it in the sense of disney that most of their catalog is stuff that's already been created right it's the old but imagine a pixar movie they had a pixar movie a great one turning red come out directly on their streamer instead of coming out in the theaters, yeah. making writers money, the people who wrote that, then on pay TV for a while, where for, what is it, nineteen ninety nine and then nine ninety nine, you know, they drop it. Yep. You pay for the movie, and then it's on a network too. It'll be on ABC or CBS. You know, they'll put it on that too. And then it's on a streamer. Or it's on a streamer and then it's on TV. You have like four revenue streams and the Blu-ray stuff because people do still buy those. Um, amazingly enough. Um, some of you might be collectors, but yes. So that's five streams of revenue that became one stream with no specific revenue to that particular piece of content. Yeah, I can see what you're saying in terms of jobs and I can see what you're saying in that, but I think, I feel like the quality, I think, I still think that HBO and now rising, you know, I think like, you know, even the apples of the world and there's some Hulu programs. I think like you're starting to see some quality, quality shows from some of the streamers, big spend like the Amazons. But I still also think like there's too much reality. There's too much, like there's a lot of trash out there and I would rather have less content, pay everybody fairly, better royalties. And I mean, Nobody has the time to watch all this stuff anyway. Do we really need like? I, all right, I'm going to give a different opinion because okay. I don't agree. This is just, and this is also what you partic- in particular like. This isn't well, necessarily what, I like what is, other people is like. It's objectively correct. Right. Well, we know that. Yes. So what I think is there should be some system in play where the writers get like some percentage of a cent per stream. And so if your hit, if your show is a bigger hit and you wrote it, you're going to make more money than if your show wasn't as big a hit. But you're at least still, we're not cutting back on content. We're simply cutting back. You're, we're simply giving them a piece of whatever of whatever the, uh, the uh, consumption is of the product. And then all of a sudden, you're not cutting shows. You're just giving actors, directors, writers their fair share of what their content is bringing to the network, the streamer that they are a part of. Yeah, I mean the, the 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 it has to break somewhere. Either charge more or make fewer shows. But I don't think that you can keep taking advantage of the writers who, without their no, work, that's what I mean. Yeah, the this would be an incentive for depending on how many streams the writers' show gets, they'd get a little more money. And if it's a bomb, they get less money. Because same with a TV show, if it's a bomb and gets canceled, you're not going to get you're not going to get air you're not going to get multiple airings on network TV and stuff. But you know what that does then. That what? kills the good niche shows, because then it no, then this it, doesn't. 
It does. If, if, if you base their pay based on salary, everybody will then adapt their scripts to be the things that are most viewed. And I think the content- Wait, so you're saying, so you're saying, sorry to interrupt, but I'm actually not sorry. You're saying that objectively the shows you like are the best, including the niche shows that you like. So keep those. No, but then no. the the one thing you saying, don't like. <laughs> what I'm saying is when you take the greatest common denominator, right? Think about it. The average person's a fucking idiot. Okay. The, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Think of the stuff that runs on ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox on broadcast. When was the last time you were watching a broadcast television show? Uh, my Mark Gessner, uh, frequent guest of the sure. uh, of the, the show, the Hopeless Show, is on the show uh, NCIS Hawaii, which is and that's I, an I exception to the rule. Show. I support that yes. show. We we support NCIS Hawaii, but all the other shows overall, you're not watching broadcast television because you're like, oh god, this is cringe and it's all made for boomer shit, but it gets the views. Now imagine you take that because that's what gets the most views, and you say, hey writers, if you write shit that gets the most views, guess what they're going to be writing? It's going to be all this good shit is going to turn all into boomer shit. And then if you pay that, all of a sudden the quality of content on HBO and everything's going to go down because now it has to go to lowest common denominator and most watchable. I think that is terrible for the craft and creativity and the art of television and everything just turns into trash because when you try and democratize something, what you give away is craft. What you give away is something what makes it special. And shows like Severance and this and that, which didn't have huge viewing bases, but they got 14 Emmy nominations. That show could never exist if it was purely based off of the number of views, right? And so- You know what I respect about about this? And I'm very curious what our audience thinks about what you're saying. I respect so much that within the process of your rant, you did a, a somewhat shameless plug of a show you worked on. <laughs> It's that has, that's besides my, but I think that's like the perfect example of great television. That no, it's just have. well done. I applaud uh, you for that. No, just no, sneaking no. it in. Yeah, fine. Uh, let's use another show like uh, <laughs> Severance. <laughs> fine. All right, fine. Let's even talk Succession. Succession's highly watched, but there's a lot of shows on broadcast that are watching way more than Succession. You wouldn't get. And what happens is, and you get the mass shows, and all of a sudden you got the network exec saying, "Hey, listen, in order for this show to get the most views." What we want is actually, it has to be family friendly. So you're not even going to get like bad language. You're not going to get like the awesome nudity. You're not going to get like the adult <laughs> topics. Like all of a sudden, everything will have to be mass market because that's what gets the most views and that's what people want. And that is a mistake in my mind. A big mistake. Well, this turned into a debate that I wasn't expecting before our actual debate. Sure. So uh, I recommend that you all let us know what you think because there's a, a couple opinions here. I mean, we're overlapping in our opinions, but there's a, a couple opinions here and uh, and I wanna get into the debate because the debate is uh, where we don't get to choose our opinion. Should we jump it in? Gets, it, I think we should jump in and I, also, I forgot the beginning of the show, but it goes with Hopeless TV to say that we have an amazing guest next week. Can't wait to have her on, can't give it away yet, but uh, she is, uh, fits right into uh, TV and movies. So yep. um, that's the hint I'll give. She's uh, definitely done a lot of those. Yes, so we, um, can't, yeah. can't wait to bring that to, to you uh, next week. And odds are you've seen her on screen. Yes, almost uh. almost 100%. You've all seen her on something. Yep, perfect. So, all right. Well, Aaron, um, what we're going to have is the heads, which is we're going to flip a coin for uh, to determine who gets what. But before we do that, we have to say what the debate is. Oh, yeah. Why don't you say that? So the debate is not about the strike, but it is about, and we're doing things in a bit different order today because of this topic that we have, that we really wanted to bring to the forefront. Um, the debate is about not the strike, but the picketers. Now, right now, around Los Angeles, in front of every studio, there are picketers with signs walking around with the writers deserve more, you know, this WGA writer signs. There's like refreshments out there. And it's sort of, I've driven past a few of them. I have a lot of people I know posting like pictures, smiling with friends or, or celebrities that are at these picketing lines. And it's it's like kind of a cool, it's kind of like the in crowd to be there picketing. So the debate is this. Writers right now, it's all sure go for a day. Writers right now, 
do you believe that they should be out there picketing and posing like, look at me, I'm at the picket line uh, and I'm taking selfies and I'm taking pictures? Well, you're of- already assigning value to this. What's, what's the clear question? <laughs> should you be picketing uh-huh. or should you be writing? During okay. this time off. All right. That is that is the very clearly defined question that we will answer. Okay. So, um, Aaron, you know, I think the way we flip coins has not made sense. So maybe like I flip heads or tails, you call and then wait, no, you, it's actually I... simple. It's this one will be for you. Heads is your uh your for the picketing, tails is row it is for the writing. Okay, great, great. And heads will be the Lumen Industries water drop logo and tails will be the globe logo. Okay. And heads is for picketing. picketing. Tails is writing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here we go. Here's a flip. Fuck. All right. What'd you get? I'm for writing. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Well, we, we don't know where Rohit stands on this, but let's, uh, well, Talk to us. Talk, please talk to us about why you believe in the writers needing to write. Great, and this is why we like our debates, our new format, because it's it's just going to make us all uncomfortable. Uh, but Aaron, why don't why don't why don't you kick it off uh, with the question? Why I think you, you should kick it off, actually. Well, I think actually, no, all right, you, I will. You kick I will, it off because you give a little more background to the picketing itself. Well, here is why I'm for the picketers. Writers never, ever, ever get fair treatment in this industry, mm-hmm. even though they're usually on the, you know, they get a decent credit. Without pen to paper, the shows are nothing. And the fact that writers are not getting fair payment and treatment, and are de- payment is down 25% while the corporations and the suits are making money, the CEOs are making so much money, and these writers who are the only reason those suits have their jobs is because these writers create incredible content. And they're the ones who suffer every day to just work their asses off to even get noticed, to even be a writer on a show or in a, on a movie or to get that credit. And so I, uh, I believe that the picketing is what they should be doing right now because go out there stand for what you believe writers show the studio execs every day as they come into the office and you have to see you every single day walking back and forth with those signs you're blocking their way in you're you're telling them that you, you do matter you are being seen and writers are not seen enough and now you are being seen you are being covered so keeping going out there, keep picketing every day, show these bosses and these studio people that you do matter and you do deserve a voice. Beautifully put. I don't even know how I could argue with that, but I must because that's the rules of this game. Now, Aaron, you go back to any labor strikes, whether it's not, whether it's just the, whether it's with writers or whether it's with, um, you know, steel workers or auto workers, you know, any sort of strikes we've seen in the past. Well, they, yes. And to be fair, just before you continue, the steel workers and such, they couldn't be doing the work. They did because of the strike. Whereas a writer could be, I'm not saying they should, I say they should be out there picketing, but they could be instead of going to the studio and, and picketing and, and taking pictures of the picketing and stuff, they could be at home creating more, which I don't agree with, but you do. Yeah. So this is the position I must defend and defend it. I will. So you look back at these, at these other, you know, sort of strikes and like, yes, you, you think of the wooden posts and the big posters and bubble letters painted on and, I think one thing, just looking back, we've seen a lot of strikes recently. Mm-hmm. I mean, are we kind of striked out? <laughs> and I just feel like writers should be able to come up with something a little more creative, you know, as part of their craft. Uh, <laughs> you know, 
the idea of just walking, you know, marching in front of the Netflix HQ or all that, it's admirable. However, could it not be more effective if you are at home and you spend, you know, maybe you skip a couple of lines and you're at home and you are writing and what you're doing is you're focusing your efforts using your biggest tool that you have, which is your writing brain, not your marching hands and arms, right? <laughs> to come up with something so crafty that the networks will just not even know how to react. So sure, you could write new scripts and you could kind of just get to work, but that what if you could write something that could just destroy the careers of these network execs? What if you could write something that is just so powerful and then actually work with your fellow production people and you know any you know actors that are striking in unison with you and you guys were to make productions that will for the people out there they all they'll see is picketing but you're now making work that is actually going to convince people that are on the outside through your storytelling so you use your craft to tell a better story than <laughs> I like that. I like that. So, so what you're saying is that the writers not getting paid enough should mean that they could means that they should go create more content, but this time for free. <laughs> this time for free, but this time it's it might be something that ethers the people that are really holding them down. It it could. It's kind of a that's kind of a messed up point of view, but I, I understand everyone's allowed to have their. their <laughs> So, you know, you at the the audience, let us know who you who you uh, side with more. Uh, I'll just say one more thing about your point. So so what you're saying is that the writers who, who don't get seen much, but then they're posting these pictures with an actor and it's like, look at me, I'm striking. Uh, it's that's a way. Would you say it's a waste of time in your opinion? Uh, I don't think. No. Oh, God. This is the hard part of me arguing against the fucking position I'm trying to take. Um, uh, this is why these oh, this is so, so uncomfortable. Good. But if I was to defend this position, I think that picketing can only. You I, are defending I, this. I, Just remember, you are defending I this coin, position. So I must defend this position. And because I will commit to that, I think that picketing time, while it creates visibility, you could be creating better visibility, more creative visibility in the modern century, the modern era. All right. I mean, I, I look. I don't think I don't think that you're totally wrong in that point of view, and that there could be more fun ways to do this, or just go come up with new ideas. So when this is over, you have more to pitch. But I also uh, think that um, you know the picketers should go pick it and be uh, be seen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's our debate. We're going to move on to, and we want to hear your opinion. We went over a lot there with this strike, but it's just for, for both of us, it's very interesting. And I hope you found it interesting. So now we're going to uh, crypto watch, which is a segment on crypto currency that we cover, but haven't in a while because there hasn't been much news, but Rowan, it sounds like you have uh, a couple yeah, things. To say. I've got, I've got a couple, uh, I think bits of news that, that are sort of tied together. Um, the first one is actually they're both from TechCrunch, um, who's really been you know obviously they they're in the tech world they they report really well on, on this space. The first one is about Coinbase is suing the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, over some new rules or rather some old rules. Now, um, mm, what because we know over the past few years, would you say that they are going to wars? Yes, maybe. Star Wars. I would absolutely say that they are they're going galactic with uh, their their. I guess I guess their no their lawsuits going into hyperspeed. Um, <laughs> what's happening is Coinbase has asked whether the SEC would propose and adopt rules to sort of govern the regulation of mm -hmm. securities that are offered and traded via digitally native methods. Meaning, they're like, "Yo, mm -hmm. SEC, are you actually gonna?" create yeah. rules specific to the modern world and what digital currency and what cryptocurrency is? Or are you going to continue to tank all of the crypto uh, sort of um, and digital currency uh, sort of platforms and systems by 
forcing them to adopt to the age old uh, sort of rules that you have for cash and cash and credit cards. So the SEC has effectively told Coinbase, who is who is the most sort of, I guess, rule following di- digital platform. Yeah. Um, Taxes uh-huh. and all that. They, they haven't been caught with their pants down like FTX or anything like that. But that Coinbase is now even possibly going to leave the U.S. market because the SEC is putting these regulatory actions that are so unnecessary that it's it's going to possibly coin, cause Coinbase to leave. Um, and this firm has really, really suffered because they can't even roll out new products because the legal uncertainties that have already been scaling in other markets across from UK to uh, the EU to Asia, like what those guys have already figured it out, but the US refuses to adapt. Which brings us to the other bit of this. Now, this is the sort of second news topic. Uh-huh. And this is uh, this article came probably, yeah, about a week later. Um, this is from a couple of days ago. The US, as the US cracks down on crypto, Hong Kong extends a warm welcome. And now the idea here, or the, or the summary of the article is that the really? tip as crypto, uh, in the, in the U.S. is floundering because of the U.S. governmental and SEC intervention. Hong Kong has been really? like, well, okay, let's go off. And they've actually introduced a new set of rules that have welcoming, you know, crypto-related activities that's going to make it so much easier. And they're paving the way to actually even legalize stable coins, meaning these, these altcoins really? and everything, if they have a, a backing that you can prove, they're going to be legal. It's not just going to be like stuff that's underground. And you kind of got to got to do off the side. Uh, they're they're going to allow it. And what they're doing is because in 2021, China banned all crypto completely. Um, and people started flying to Singapore. And now here's the thing. Hong Kong still has a tiny bit of sovereignty left. Let's see how long that lasts from China. But um, Hong Kong is saying, screw this. We're going to try and bring some capital here by legalizing uh, crypto. And they are now trying to position themselves next to Singapore as the future places that all these people can set up their, you know, their platforms. Um, and so, yeah, so now all of a sudden the US is going to sort of lose our crypto abilities a little bit more and it's gonna go east. And Aaron, so that's a long way of me just kind of bringing some news about Crypto Watch. And I just wondering if you have any thoughts or reactions. I think overall things settle. I think that these moments happen. And if we've noticed with crypto and all these different uh, almost- <laughs> Wow. Who has and he has is that- <laughs> Uh, that it all settles. I don't think Coinbase is going anywhere. Uh, They're a publicly traded company and they are going to, uh, they are the leader. They do do things right. And they're going to, uh, they, they, I just don't think, I don't think anything will change. I think lots of threats happen. Lots of, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And it doesn't change. I've heard so many threats toward Coinbase in different arenas for now, five, six years, and nothing's happened, except that they, they're they better at taxing uh, their customers. That's it. So I just don't, I get, it's again, media, I think that it's being pushed and it'll go away because it still is a money generating thing that is bringing US tax dollars uh, in. So you think the SEC is gonna change their mind? I think they're gonna alter their uh, position slightly. They don't, no one ever changes their mind because they can't admit to it, but I think they will alter it because in the end, they don't want to lose this business or other people will come in and say, we can't lose this uh, industry. Yeah, then maybe it's, it's uh, all right, so the takeaways maybe now once, because it's not formally China. I know if China was going to start offering it, then the US would obviously flip it, but it's just Hong Kong and Singapore um, and a few other smaller countries. Um, yeah. That's I mean, my I think thought. The US, I, the U.S. is trying to push its own digital currency. Yeah, so I think they're trying to choke it out too. So I think they might say, "Fine, goodbye. We'll we'll just get everybody on our digital trackable coin." It won't. That won't work, though. And I hope we to know God that it doesn't because the U.S. coin will yeah, never it's, work. It's because well, you know what that means. If if we move to a, an all digital coin, which is almost almost inevitable, that means every transaction is tracked. It means they can tax you on every transaction. No, it, it means they can follow your money. That will not happen. You always need to have paper because if that system ever goes down for whatever reason, the society crumbles in minutes. That and also 
Like, this is just the ultimate surveillance state. Yeah. It's a bunch of hoo-ha. It's a bunch of hoo-ha and some zing-zam, bling-blam, flibbity-flabbity. Which is a perfect way to transition into our sports section. Yes. <laughs> wow. Uh, seamless. Seamless. I know you have a, I, we both have a, a sports update. So let's, uh, let's do it. And, and, and again, sports is kind of like going to war because you're, you're going to, fighting against the other. So it's like Star Wars. Do you like that too? Do you see how that I love just it? Fits? I love it. I mean, it's all see. This show is seamless. We are having the most seamless show this side of a knitting factory. So, I mean, we're that's going, called a seam joke. <laughs> <laughs> we're going uh, rogue one here. Um, and from the same uh, person that has really been pushing our topic, our last topic, last, our lead topic last week, which was the conspiracy theory that uh, Michelle Obama is a transgender woman and was born a man. I looked into it more, by the way, just so you know, I looked into that topic more Uh and they're, they're right. (laughs) Jesus Christ. You're going to get us deplatformed, Aaron. Um, (laughs) This is, we, we joke on this show. It's not all true. I'm not, I don't actually believe these things. I only believe some of them. This is a comedy show. So the, but we report on real news because there's a lot of comedy in real news. Well, the same uh, Twitter person, Dom Lucre. He is now he he's kind of gone like he's going after one celebrity a day um, with, you know, what he believes is hard hitting evidence. A lot of it's circumstantial. A lot of it. I don't know if it's AI and some of it ends up being true. But it's it's when you mix facts with fiction, sometimes you become indistinguishable. and People take it all as fact or they take it all as fiction. Um, so this one is about Brittany Griner and the tweet is titled Brittany Griner. You know what time it is. And this is about how Brittany Griner, his conspiracy theory, it's not his only, is that yeah. Brittany Griner is also born a man and is a transgender man. And sure. down this thread, mm-hmm. there's uh, pictures of Brittany Griner uh, playing with her shirt off and there's no like surgical scars on her chest. Um, what? But they're yeah. photoshopped and stuff. AI it's a video. It's a video. Um, it could AI be AI video then. Yeah. So if I you saw a video a- online of uh, Gwyneth Paltrow like on the side of a road getting hit by a car. Yes. AI generated. Like, yes. Come on. Those were great. Uh, so it was no. Though, that was those are yeah. Those are images of, of Gwyneth Paltrow hitchhiking. Which or hitchhiking. Is very, yes. And it's not. It's you can yeah. basically make anyone now do anything. Oh, you absolutely can. But if you just click on that link in our show notes, um, it's quite interesting. Like again. I know that, and again, I know that Michelle Obama was actually born a man, but this I don't think is true. <laughs> um, and then the, he combines everything with like using this image as kind of the smoking gun, but also uh, like Brittany Griner interview footage where Brittany Griner's voice sounds like mine. But I just think that this is out of control. Um, like I think it's kind of mean to use someone's like gender identity. As, as an yeah, of course it's mean it's terrible <laughs> yeah. it's like, terrible and i uh, a guest of this show jewel lloyd is fr- good friends with Brittany griner and like i know for a fact basically a fact that this is a bunch of bullshit. oh of course it is but i so think my hopelessness in this hopeless sports segment is like dude this stuff is even crossing into the sports world where we can no longer escape people politicizing people's lives who they've never met to try and support themselves and it's it's kind of sad i think the moral of this is believe nobody yes yes which is i've been saying trust no one especially your government or the news media or politicians and business like ceos don't trust any of these people don't trust them and may the force be with you yes and All right, I have a topic. I have a topic. Yes, what do you got? That just makes me feel hopeless. Is uh, if you don't know, there's a, a famous soccer player called named called named Lion. That's a, you are called Rohit. Uh, na- called, named Lionel Messi. Uh, been a star forever, and um, but he's now I think 37 or 38 years old, and the Saudis keep signing these guys, and they are giving him 400 million dollars to go play in Saudi Arabia. Now, yes, he's probably pretty much done with his uh, uh, career. Maybe he'll play another World Cup with Argentina. Probably not. 
his Premier League, he's probably about done. But this just makes me hopeless that these Saudi guys who are pretty bad dudes, from what I understand, yeah. are uh, are able to just bribe people with tons of money to basically do anything. And I just wonder, not like this is with soccer now, but where's the line? It's been done with golf and soccer. But at what line are people like, when does it infiltrate Hollywood? When does it infiltrate uh, medicine? I mean, it could... These people have unlimited money, and at what point is it going to just keep infiltrating our systems from this corrupt world? I mean, I think it started when, I mean, here's the thing. Everybody has the right to own their own professional sports franchise, but to me, it's These guys are like owning these players. I know, and here's the thing. When when the Middle East started buying all these big soccer teams, like why should Paris Saint-Germain not be owned by people, by French people. You yeah. Know, why should, and I get it, like Americans, you know, we got Ryan Reynolds and uh, Mac from Always Sunny. Um, they own a Welsh soccer team. Mm-hmm. So you can make that same argument that I'm just being, I'm just being racist. I'm like, no, but I just feel like there's something about protecting your, your franchises and Pretty much now, it seems like all the Premier League teams are like either. It seems like they're all Saudi owned. And but where is this going? Is the thing like the, my question isn't what's happening; it's where's this headed? Because it's first it's, it's a soccer player, then it's well. What what's happening is it's going to bankrupt teams that can't afford to keep their stars, or if they try to keep them, because it's raising the prices so much for players that the only people that are going to be able to afford these stars are the people that have all this oil money and it's going to ruin the balance of the sport and i think it's 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 unfortunate all right well i don't have any hope from that um no, let's no. move on to the next yeah topic. i feel sad the next one is another sad topic so today milwaukee bucks dis- dismissed their coach mike budenholzer who just two years ago won the NBA Finals with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, And this comes just uh, two weeks after his brother tragically died. And obviously they waited a couple weeks for that to blow over um, before they fired him. And what really that... I have hope. I have hope. Oh, I wasn't even done yet, but what do you got? I've got hope. You don't need to... You need to know more. needs to be said. Uh, how many people do you meet on a daily basis who say, you know where I want to move? Milwaukee. Uh, I've never met one, actually. Exactly. So at least the guy doesn't have to live in Milwaukee anymore. <laughs> but people like Jason Kidd still have a job. And, you know, it's kind of... This, is this isn't about the job. It's about the city. It is about the city. And I got some friends from, from Milwaukee. And... Oh, yeah. You're friends with that guy Rittenhouse. Yes, yes, Kyle, uh, longtime guest of the sh- longtime fan of the show, um, guest we've been trying to lock down for a while, um, and hopefully, hopefully, a hero Whoa. like that will be able to come on at some point. Um, so dark, we're so dark, like the dark side. Yes, I mean it's interesting that the 2019, 2020, and 2021 NBA championship coaches from those three teams, all three of them have gotten fired already. It's uh, life isn't fair. Yeah. So the old adage, life is not fair. Yeah. I don't know. There, that's give, that gives you hope, they, right? They, they say that he lost that. a lot of people are even saying in the comments that on Reddit, that any coach that's the number one seed that loses to the eight seed should be automatically fired. And I don't think I agree with that, but it seems to be the reason I'm still so, gonging it because, uh, I just feel everything is so depressing right now that I'm, I need to hope on something so that we get out of this rut. Right now, it's like Star Wars Episode 2, Episode 5, The uh, Empire Strikes Back, where all is lost and Luke loses his arm, and we're like, oh, no. Okay, cool. Yeah, just uh, the slime ball move of firing coach who... 
number one seed and his brother just died and, and he just won a title two years ago, but you fired and him we, while the playoffs are still going. Yeah. We just hope gone. <laughs> you do have one hope in 60 though. We have one hope in 60 before we get to MAGA Monday and oh, uh, yes. a yes. few more things to, to wrap up the show. And this hope in 60 is a, um, and I don't know if you've been following this story, Aaron. Um, actually, let me start the timer. For those that's your first time listening, we do a 60 second timer where Rohit will have to deliver the topic and then I will have to solve the topic in 60 seconds. And if you've been listening to this show so far today, you've seen that we have solved every trop. Every oh, yeah. Topic. Yeah. I'm sure you guys are feeling all hopeful. All right. Aaron, this one is about Ryan Webb, who was a white councilman, Republican councilman in Indiana. Mm. He has uh, just let the world know that he now identifies as a transgender Indian woman, uh, a transgender <laughs> lesbian. All Indian right, I already woman. feel hope. Yeah, <laughs> and people are big mad, <laughs> but <laughs> they're having to follow. Like a lot of the media is like having to follow his new pronouns. But then you have people that are trans rights activists saying that this is all a sham and you can't respect his pronouns. So my hopelessness comes from how do you know who's for real and who's not? He's saying he is, this is who he is and this is his real identity. Um, but he's still going Republican by he, him pronoun. Indiana. Yeah. Uh, lesbian. Um, so, uh, hope please. This is simple. Oh, yeah. Very simple. I think I have nine seconds left. I love this. <laughs> I kind of do too. <laughs> like, like I don't know what more you want. This is well. We'll get to uh, Mr. Santos, George Santos, next, who's another genius. But this is a. I mean, whether he is a, a female Native American woman or no, not, no, Indian. Like, um, I think it's Indi- Asian Indian. Oh, Indi- Asian <laughs> Indian. Okay, I. Hell yeah! Like this is awesome. I cannot wait to. Fo- I'm gonna go follow him on yeah. Twitter. I. Whether he is or isn't, this is just, this is, again, anytime you mess with the media and just do crazy shit, I love it. Yeah. People and people are saying, like, wait till this he starts. This is start- the hero we needed today. Oh, yeah. We needed him on this show right now. It's so good. People are saying, saying wait till he starts sticking it to Whitey. And... <laughs> <laughs> And everybody's like, literally, just like stunning and brave, stunning and brave, stunning and brave. Really? <laughs> yeah. And he even says, it is unfortunate that I simply cannot be given the same space and respect to explore my identity that so many of those targeting me demand for themselves. <laughs> wow. Just, <laughs> so do you, do you think he's, uh, he re- he's uh, complete bullshit or a little bit bullshit? Oh, I, I think it's all a stunt, but it's hilarious. <laughs> Either way, it's that's funny. funny. Yeah. Uh, so, which this is a good segue into MAGA Monday. Yeah, perfect. Our uh, our great segment about anything and all things MAGA. Uh, <laughs> neither of us are MAGA. I, I want to just start that off because I don't know if we ever say that. Enough. But we can be convinced. So just, we yeah, we are not MAGA, but we do think that some <laughs> of the things that happen in the MAGA community are excellent and funny. <laughs> yes. Uh, so George Santos, who is this segment's darling, uh, the congressman from Queens, New York, he put out a tweet, uh, today that I think is fantastic. May I read that tweet to you? Please. And, and just background. Thank you. Background on George Santos. He might or might not be gay. Probably is. He also may or may not have dressed in drag a lot in his life. He just, we don't know. We just don't know with this man, but he is the modern day Andy Kaufman. He just constantly is uh, making us guess. So here's his tweet. It's time we all consider that the LGB people have different social issues than the TQIA people do. So I'm calling for a divorce of the LGB from the TQIA. I mean, brilliant. He wants LGBTQ to have a divorce in between the letters and split up, which I just think is funny. Yeah, it's I've, there's actually been kind of a, a you start to see it over the past couple of years. There's been communities that pop up and this is not us supporting anything. We're just stating facts. There's communities that popped up like called LGB minus the T. Oh, wow. um, I didn't know that. And 
So I think he's starting to echo that. I I just, I don't love the division. I would rather think, I, I mean, I here's the thing. I don't think I can have a lot of say within that community being that I'm not part of that. But I really think that this is something the community needs to sort of sort out. Who would you identify more with uh, if they split up? The LGB or the TQ? the TQI uh, probably if I had to pick LGB cause I don't, I don't think I personally know, you know, any others, but I don't, I don't want to pick sides. I really don't. What about you? Okay. Yeah. Well, no, I would never want to pick sides, yeah. but I just think this tweet's funny. Oh, it tweets very funny. <laughs> um, so, but, but here is a problem right now that we have with George Santos is a woman has come out. Anna Kaplan, I think is her name. A Jewish woman from uh, New York has come out. Uh, she was born in Long Island, has filed to uh, run against George Santos. So I love Jews. I love Jewish politicians sometimes. And, uh, but I'm, I'm kind of worried for our buddy George here in 2024. Oh, he's done. <laughs> he's cooked. Like, yeah. So we only have, unfortunately, uh, Probably another two years with George, a little less, and then we will be losing him. But for now, we are going to bask in all of his idiocy and glory. Yes, he keeps the show and interesting. He does. And and there's one interesting thing I wanted to do, Rohit, with you, and I want to start this game. We can just do the first one today uh-huh. before we wrap up the show. Is This is going to be you guessing, is this quote, from a QAnon person or someone Aaron knows. Ooh. Which could be one of the same though, right? Or no? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm talking a Q, like a QAnon statement on like. Got it. Got it. Versus like a conversation I had quote. Sure. So. Um, let me uh, find it real quick. Um, where is it? Uh, all right. First, the uh, all right. Ready? Yes. So this is one quote. Seventy seventy percent of there it is. Seventy percent of Americans want Joe Biden out of office. Uh huh. And I'm trying to decipher. There's a few belly mistakes. 70% want Joe Biden out of office and nobody committed a crime and there was no insurrection on January 6th of any kind and everyone was innocent. That's the exact quote? Yes. I had to go through because it's like there's some in-between stuff that I just didn't want to read. But that's the because I don't want to give away identities or not of the. These I'm going to guess that's one of your friends, probably. You are 100 percent correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, OK, let me let me do. I'll do two more. How's that? Sure. And then um, I didn't realize when doing this that there's some pieces I don't want to read because it might give away someone's identity, which isn't fair. Mm-hmm. So, um, cause they didn't ask to be, and I will never, ever, ever, um, when having conversations with someone give away their identity if they don't want it to be. And it's something, which is, yes, show. we have to respect our journalistic integrity. Yes, exactly. Uh, all right. So here is, let me just see if I can get this right. Um, oh, okay. So, it is uh, this. Are you ready? I am. The storm is coming. 2024 will be the new founding of our country. That's definitely QAnon on because that seems very formal and official. It is. Damn it. I'm going to do this better because they, they, when I read them, they feel like they're they're not, but yeah, you should do it better. <laughs> All right. You know what? So this is, um, Oh, this is kind of good. 
No, you know what? This is the beginning of this segment because I, I totally screwed up with regard to identifying or not identifying a person. So it may, and I didn't realize until I'm reading it that I can't read certain pieces. So next week we were going to bring this segment again with me not being worried about giving away an identity of someone. Great. So this is just the beginning of a segment that, that has much more to come, but it is an easy segue to one a hopeless TV sec, sec uh, comment, Rohit, that is not to do with uh, the strike. What do you got? So I believe partly because of the strike and there's not new content to go on. Donald Trump presidential candidate will be for the first time since he started running for president. The first time he will be appearing in a town hall on CNN on May 10th. Oh my God. Hosted by Caitlin Collins. If you know her, the reporter from CNN. Mm -hmm. uh, what are your thoughts? This is so exciting. <laughs> like, here's the thing, man. Even like, I just look, sometimes I look back at old, you know, Donald clips and I just miss the guy. Like when he's like, when he's like, we love Puerto Rico. And then he goes, we love Puerto Rico. And the second time he says like, you just see Melania's What about the, the Muslims? The Muslim. Dude, China. The Muslims. And then he's like, the Muslims. and then he's tossing out fucking paper towel rolls like uh, in, after the the hurricane, um, this is our last show. Let's just admit it right now. This is this is going to be our last show. We're going to be shut down because of this. I miss the guy, man. He's no. We, I think we have been shut down. Yeah. I think we are right now. If you're listening, enjoy because we are being shut down right now. He was. This is we are being canceled as we speak. <laughs> but dude, he was the funniest president to ever sit in office. He was hilarious. So will you be watching uh, this town hall? I don't think I've been excited for non-sports live TV so much in a long time. So that's a yes. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> a fucking hard yes. And I guess I will too for uh, show content. I will also watch it then. Actually, so there I'm going to add it to my calendar now so I don't forget. <laughs> All right, I will too. <laughs> oh, shit. Maybe. Nick's game that night. Um, okay. Well, well, do you know what time it you is can at? flip back and forth. I don't know. Probably five or six. Oh, right. In the Our middle. time. Okay. I'll just block out two hours. Trump on CNN. <laughs> if not, I can always watch the highlights later. Of the, um, of the Trump. So there you go. There's that. And our last uh, segment before we have to go is uh, guess the BTS. Mm -hmm. Rohit, for our favorite K-pop band ever, we always have this segment. Rohit, what do you think it happened with one of the members of BTS this week? They were caught speeding. Oh, that's a, how did you, did you research this? No. You're totally wrong. Oh, you're totally sweet. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, BTS Jungkook begs fans to stop sending food to his house. I won't eat it. He said. So apparently there are lots of fans who just send him food on like Uber Eats and he, He's sick of it. He won't eat it. And he said, if you send it one more time, I will check the receipt order number you sent and take action. This is the first time ever I've heard one of these members of BTS get mad. Well, has he has every right to be. Here's the thing. You don't know what's in this food. You didn't ask for it. You probably have a very strict diet. You have your own chef with all the money they make. It's a waste of food and it's a nuisance. Like if they're going to like, he should, what I would have done. I would have said, hey, listen, I'm grateful for all this food, but I can't eat it for whatever reasons, you know, and, you know, I just, can you just please send it to people that are in need? And I will be so grateful. I'll shout you out. I wouldn't eat it. I wouldn't, if someone randomly that I don't know sent me food, I wouldn't eat it. Oh yeah, I agree. Like, and but I think there's a polite way he could have put it because, you know, K-pop fans are fucking psychos. And <laughs> whoa, that's us, man. Yeah. I mean, have you met us? And yeah. So, yeah. I, th I, I would have, instead of, threatening legal action i would have said please please send it to other people i want i won't eat it you know it's just like um i think that would have been a better thing is to just say send it to someone who needs it i don't i'm rich yes yes i have a very specific diet and i can't reveal it to you guys i cannot eat anything you're sending me beautiful yeah. um so with that are there any last uh last things we yeah we have i just want to give a shout out i know this is an auditory experience 
But if you may remember, I think it was one or two episodes ago, we had uh, some user questions. One came coming from Alice, just completely criticizing uh, the bed that Aaron has uh, behind oh. himself in his podcast studio. Um, well, maybe we'll release an issue on so uh, a picture on social. But we Alice, will. if we you're will. listening, that shit just got upgraded. Oh yeah. So if you're listening, you have to go to the Hopeless Show or Aaron, the Aaron Wolf or Vohit for Rohit, and we will be putting up this week a picture of what became of the mattress. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so it's beautiful and elegant. So be ready. Yes. Unfortunately, this is not a visual podcast, so we're going to have to upload it. But be excited for that. And uh, thank you, Alice, for that submission. It made us make major changes yes. to the show. And uh, with that, I'm Aaron. He's Rohit. I hope you've enjoyed this show. We hope we have a next episode after yes. today. Yes, fingers crossed. Out. Bye. Bye.